Awesome. Thanks. Yeah, give Amanda a hand. She does a great job at our church. We're really excited about her on our staff, and she, uh, she is awesome. Thanks so much, Amanda. <clears throat> a couple of years ago, um, in 1998, uh, I went to Venezuela. Did you all get that? Yeah, okay, good. Just a few years ago. When I was young, I had the privilege of going on a mission trip to Venezuela in 1998. It was a great trip. We had a great time. We built a church down there. We did some evangelism. We did some Bible studies. We did some pastoral training. It was a great time. We were there for about eight days, I think. And on the last day, uh, we were coming from the town that we were in and driving to the airport. And going to the airport, you had to go down this like really, really steep grade. And we were all in a bus. There was about, oh, about 25 of us that went on the trip. And so we had uh, seats on the bus. And then we had all our luggage and we didn't have quite enough seats for everybody to sit. So we just kind of had the luggage piled in the back. And since I was young at the time, I just, and didn't have a seat, I just jumped on top of the pile of luggage kind of in the back of the bus. And um, we were right kind of to the bottom of the hill and um, our bus driver just all of a sudden like abruptly pulled over and um, jumped out of the bus and uh, thankfully, there was a fire truck right there on the corner because our, our brakes on both sides in the back were on fire, like literally. And flames were starting to come up the side of the bus. And um, so they grabbed the fire truck, firemen came over, put out the brakes. And, um, and it was kind of interesting because I was sitting right on top of the fire. So as the flames are kind of licking up the side of the bus, I'm like right there, they're right in the window. And I'm like, you know, what do we do? Are we all jumping off the bus? What's going on? Well, the fireman came, put them out right away. So it seemed pretty simple and pretty easy. And so, you know, we drove the rest of the way to the airport on hopefully whatever were breaks that we had at that point. I, I didn't really, I was a little leery about that, but uh, we did it anyway. That's what you do in developing nations, right? And uh, which by the way, in 1998, Venezuela was not, we won't go into the pol pol political policies of that, but uh, a little bit, uh, about two years before Chavez, great country, middle class, awesome, doing great. Um, and so we uh, get to the airport, fly home. The team's sharing on Sunday morning, that next Sunday morning about what happened. And we just kind of, you know, in a kind of humorous way, you know, kind of, oh yeah, by the way, Pastor Mark almost burned up. Kind of like, kind of fun, light humor for a mission trip, right? Well, one of the ladies in our church uh, like after we got done sharing, literally comes and runs up to me and said, is that, is that true? You almost caught on fire? And I'm like, well, I mean, I could have, but I mean, I probably would have jumped off the bus before I actually caught on fire. But yeah, there was a fire literally right underneath me. She goes, that is so incredible. And I'm like, why? She said, because that same day, God woke me up at two in the morning and told me to pray that you wouldn't catch on fire. This morning, I want to talk about a type of prayer called intercessory prayer. That's intercessory prayer. When God brings someone to your heart or to your mind, and because you have compassion for them and because you love them or because the Holy Spirit is moving you, you pray. You decide right in that moment, 
to pray. And sometimes God will wake you up at two in the morning and sometimes not. Sometimes you're in the shower. Sometimes you're driving to work. Sometimes you're just hanging out, doing whatever you're doing throughout the day. And God's bring somebody to your mind. Have you ever had that happen? And you wondered, why am I thinking about this person that I haven't thought about for weeks, for years? Maybe it's somebody you went to high school with. You don't even know why you're thinking about them. You, you haven't been in contact with them for 25 years. And you're like, why am I even thinking about this person? I want to encourage you this morning to, um, to step up your prayer life into an intercessory way, which means when the Holy Spirit brings someone or something to your attention, that you decide in that moment to pray. To pray for that person, to pray for that situation, and to pray for whatever the Holy Spirit is leading you to do. We call this intercessory prayer. It's intercession. And scripture is full of things like this. And the easiest way to really define this idea of intercessory prayer is praying for someone else. That's really what it is. It's praying for somebody else. Now, intercessory prayer, it's an important part of our prayer life. We've been talking about prayer for years and also through our 21 days of prayer and fasting, we, we talk about prayer a lot because it's such a diverse topic. And there's so many different ways that you and I can pray. We can praise the Lord when we pray. We can just sit quietly and listen to the Holy Spirit speak to us. We can pray God's word like we're doing during this 21 days of prayer. We can lay hands on somebody and pray for the sick and see them get well. We can pray for things that are happening in our own lives. But most of the time, I think God wants us to pray for things that are happening in other people's lives. This is called intercession. And intercession really is a choice. It's a decision. It's a commitment to pray for someone else instead of ourselves. It's a commitment to bring another person or a situation or a people group or a nation and bring them before the Lord and passionately stand in the gap for them and say, Lord, I'm, I'm going to pray for them because I love this person, because I love these people, and because I want Jesus to be in his fullness in their lives, I want to pray for them. That's what intercessory prayer is. Now, let me start with this, because you probably know this, but did you know that Jesus prayed a prayer of intercession for you when he was here on earth? You say, well, Pastor Mark, how did he know I was going to be here in 2024? Well, he, he knew, right? He's God. But in John chapter 17, if you want to turn there with me, I want to show you where Jesus prayed for us. He prayed for every single believer. In John chapter 17, it's a great chapter. Um, he's just come off of three chapters about talking about the Holy Spirit to the disciples and how he was going to leave and the Holy Spirit was going to come and that was going to be a really important thing in their life that the Holy Spirit would come and live inside of them and help them live for Jesus. And then he prayed for the disciples that had been following him the past three years and the things that they would go through and the things that they would encounter when Jesus left. But then he, he prays for about six verses for every single person from that point on that would believe in Jesus, which includes us. And here's what Jesus prayed for you and me. Verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone, the disciples that he was discipling. He's going to pray for us now. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us 
so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. So Jesus prays for us. And I want to point out just a couple things that Jesus did in intercessory prayer. And then I want to share three points about intercessory prayer, just general ideas. So notice with me a couple things about Jesus' prayer. Here's the first one. He was not praying for himself. He was praying for us. And I believe that most of the time that's how Jesus prayed. He was praying for us. He was probably praying for the disciples. We do see moments where he prays for himself. He prayed for himself in the Garden of Gethsemane. We saw that moment right before the crucifixion where he prays for himself. But in this moment, he's praying for us. Those who would believe in him right now, you and I sitting here in Cheney, he was praying for us right now because he knew us before the creation of the world. He knew that we would believe in him. And because he loves us and he wanted the best for us, he prayed for us. And he prayed a couple things. In particular, he prayed one thing throughout his entire prayer that I thought was very interesting. Jesus pray, prayed for our relationships to be right again. That was kind of the big theme of his prayer. That our relationships would be right. Our relationship would be right with God. Our relationship would be right with one another. See, Jesus prayed that you and I would be one in verse 21. He prayed that we would have unity. In fact, he said complete unity in verse 23. See, Jesus' desire was for you and me to be filled with powerful relationships that would honor the Lord, encourage each other, and show the world how to live for Jesus. And so a bulk of Jesus' prayer is about how you and I are called to be in right relationship with one another and with him. And then lastly, Jesus prayed for the world. Now I want us to notice this because I believe that we're also called to pray for the world. Jesus is modeling something here for us. That, that there are people that are not going to believe in Jesus that you and I are called to begin to pray for. Some of them are family, some of them are friends, some of them we may never know, but God just puts a nation or a people group on our heart, and we're called to go before God and be the intercession before the Lord for them. But Jesus prayed for the world, and in particular, he prayed three things. Look at them with me. In verse 21, he prayed that the world may believe that you have sent me. So the first thing that Jesus said is, I'm praying right now that that the world would believe in me. They would believe that I'm the Savior. They would believe that I'm the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And they would choose to say yes to me as well. And they would choose to be in heaven. And so Jesus, first of all, in verse 21, prays that the world may believe that you have sent me. Good thing for us to pray too. Verse 23, he prayed that the world will know that you sent me and have loved them 
even as you have loved them. It's an interesting prayer too. Jesus says, I want to pray that the world would know that I love them. That's what I want them to know. I want them to know that the cross and the resurrection is a sign of my love, but I want them to know that I love them. And so would you help them, Jesus, understand my love, know it, grow in it, and would you help them to see it in others? And then verse 25 and 26, he said, I want to pray that the love you have for me may be in them and that I may, myself may be in them. So there's this progression. Jesus said, I'm praying that they would believe in me. Then I'm praying that they would understand that I love them. But then I'm praying that my love would be in them. In other words, they would make that transition to believing in Jesus and living for Jesus and serving Jesus and living in his love. And so there's this progression of thought. There's this progression of prayer that Jesus is praying as he prays not for himself, but for others, as he prays for right relationships, and as he prays for the world. It's a great model for you and I about how to pray as well when we go to pray for those that we are called to love as well. Now, because Jesus had a heart for us today, he prayed for us. That's intercession. He was, because he is God, and because he could see all of mankind that would believe in him, and he could see all of mankind that wouldn't as well, he was praying for all of mankind from the time that he was heading to the cross until whatever the end of time might be. He's praying for everyone because he's God and he can. Pete Gregg said this, intercession is impossible until we allow the things that break God's heart to break our hearts as well. See, a big part of intercessory prayer is something the Holy Spirit is putting someone or something on your heart and it begins to break your heart. You begin to have compassion and love for that person or that people group or that situation that's happening in the world. So let me ask you a question this morning. What is breaking your heart? Is there anything wrong in our world that might be breaking your heart? Is there anything wrong in the world? Is there anything you pray about? There's lots, isn't there? There's tons of injustices happening in our world. Lots of things for us to pray about. So let me ask you a question. When you see something or watch something or hear about something and it starts to really break your heart from the inside out, what do you do? Do you dismiss it? Or do you write it in your prayer journal and start to say, I'm going to start praying for that every single day. And watch what the Holy Spirit might do. See, when you look at the challenges we have in our world, there is something particular that I believe the Holy Spirit will put on your heart and it'll break you to the core. And it'll be something that you decide to get involved in, something that you decide to give to, and something that you decide to pray about and maybe even decide to serve in. Intercessory prayer is looking at the world around us and having our hearts broken because of the injustices that we see. And as our hearts break, we know the best place to take our broken heart is to the Lord. The best place to take our concerns about the world are to Jesus. So we pray about the things that are breaking our heart. 
I also want to share with you this morning three reasons that intercessory prayer is important for us today. The first one is the same reason that Jesus prayed, and that is that intercession is praying for others, not ourselves. I don't want you to raise your hand in, uh, when I ask this question, but <clears throat> does anyone feel like there are times in your life that you are selfish? See, just like Jesus prayed for us, we get to pray for others. And intercession is a great way for us to break out of our selfishness. It starts that process of us not looking to ourselves all the time. Intercession breaks us out of the normal routine of praying for our needs and our desires that we can easily get stuck in in our own little world and pray for the things that concern only us. Instead, we ask the Holy Spirit what might be concerning him, and we pray for those things. And we pray for those people. See, intercession is our decision to break free from our selfishness to break free from our concerns and our, the way that we intentionally sometimes just pray for ourselves and decide to pray for someone else. Most of the time, you will discover that intercession is motivated by love. So we love our family, right? So we pray for them. We pray for their lives. We pray for their situations. We love our friends, so we pray for them. We love our country, so we pray for our leaders and the people in the United States to believe in Jesus. You might love another people group or another country, and so you pray for their needs as well. <coughs> Sometimes the prayer team at our church will put a world map on the table, and, and, we, and we touch and we pray every single nation on the entire planet by name, by continent, by name, and every single nation by name. And why do we do that as a prayer team? Because we believe that God loves the entire world and that every single person on the planet needs Jesus Christ, amen? amen. And so this is intercession where you become motivated by love to pray for someone other than yourself. Intercession is an intentional choice to put others' needs above your own. It's concentrating in prayer, on the desires and needs and circumstances of someone else. It's raising the bar in our prayer life, where I'm no longer praying just for myself, I'm praying for other people. And I'm also not only listening to and, and talking and thinking about what's going on in my life, I'm listening to the Holy Spirit tell me about what's going on in other people's lives and what's going on around the world and the things that break his heart. And sometimes it gets hard when we ask the Lord, what's breaking your heart, Lord? Can I pray for that? One of the biggest reasons we need to pray intercessory prayers is because it changes us. When God answers the prayers that we pray for others, it's a boost to our faith. But one of the reasons that God calls us into this new type of prayer, intercessory prayer, is because a big part of what prayer does is it changes who we are, changes what we think, changes how we act. It, it changes what, how we digress with God's word. It changes everything about how, who we are because we're in God's presence and we're choosing to go deeper into his presence in intercession. 
Jesus said, let me give you an example. Jesus said something powerful and very challenging about prayer. Remember when Jesus said this really audacious, crazy, ridiculous prayer, pray for your enemies? How many of you remember? I mean, some of the things that Jesus says, you just go, really? Come on. Pray for my enemies? Who wants to do that? Why would I do that? Why would I pray for someone that hates me? Because I need to change. Because you may say, well, that's the person that needs to change. That's the person that hates me. Why do I need to pray for them? Because God's like, because I need you to change too. Because I need you to not only pray for your enemy, I need you to love your enemy. Because the only way you would ever share me with your enemy is if you love them. Because if they hate you and you decide, well, then that gives me justice to hate them back, then you would never share the love of Jesus Christ to them. You would never be kind and compassionate and gracious when they're mean and rude and obnoxious to you. But that's exactly what the world needs, isn't it? That's exactly what people that are rude and mean and obnoxious need. They need someone to love them. Because deep down, why are they being mean, rude, and obnoxious? Because they're hurting. Hurt people hurt people. That's why they're hurting you. So if we just choose to hate back, then they'll never see the love of Jesus. They'll never enter into salvation with Jesus, and they'll never be changed too. So the first place that always starts is in prayer. In fact, everything in our life needs to start in prayer. Jesus wants us to pray for our enemies because our heart needs to change. Our heart needs to change. Now, theirs does too at some point, and we want that for them. But following Jesus and being followers of Jesus means that we're called to love, not hate. In fact, technically, that person may never come to know Christ. They may always hate you. There will always be people in the world that choose to hate us just because we love Jesus. They will choose to persecute us. They will choose to consider us the enemy. They will choose to kill us. That's been happening for thousands of years. Nothing's new under the sun. The church has been persecuted since its inception. So the fact that we would be persecuted should not be like, oh, wow, that's so weird. I wonder why this is happening. That's been happening for thousands of years. That's what the enemy's been doing. We just happen to live in a nation where persecution is, you know, very minimal. Our greatest persecution is not getting invited to an office party. Oh boy. Sometimes we'll end up in a spiritual battle and we need to pray for those that hate us and keep our hearts right towards them. See, a big part of why we pray is so that we'll be changed in the presence of a holy God. And when we put ourselves in the presence of a holy God and we say, God, what's breaking your heart? Can I pray for some things that are breaking your heart today? And God begins to drop people into your mind and into your heart, into your spirit, situations, friends, people across the other side of the world, and you begin to intercede for them, it changes us in a very deep and authentic way. And when we're changed, the other great thing that happens, when you pray and you begin to get a love for somebody, let's say you start praying for a people group on the other side of the world, What'll happen, this almost always happens. It's so great. It's so cool how the Holy Spirit works. 
you'll just be praying for that people group. Maybe you're praying for them for like six months and you, just, you don't know why. You're just called to pray for them. And all of a sudden, one day, you just bump into somebody that happens to be a missionary in that nation. And you're like, wow, that was a coincidence. What a coinkydink. No, that wasn't a coincidence. That was a divine moment where you've been praying for something because you ask God to pray for what breaks his heart and this people group is breaking his heart and now God bumps you into this missionary and this missionary says, hey, I, I need help to stay funded in that nation and so you start giving to them and then a year later, God tells you, guess what? I want you to go. I want you to buy a plane ticket. I want you to get a suitcase and I want you to go to Zimbabwe. And you're like, Zimbabwe, no way. But you'll go, and you know why you'll go? Because for a year now, as you've been doing intercessory prayer, the Lord's been breaking your heart for those people. And you'll go, and miracles will happen, and awesome things will happen, and you will see people get saved and healed, and you'll see a movement of the Spirit because you started praying for them in your own time with God a year before. Things like that happen all the time in intercessory prayer. So a big part of why we pray is to be changed in the presence of a holy God. Second, intercession is praying all the best of God's world to be here on earth. Jesus said this in the middle of the Lord's Prayer. It's right in the very middle of the Lord's Prayer, and I think it's there on purpose. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus asked us to pray what? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay? Now, <coughs> let's talk about something just for a minute. Because this prayer is not even possible without Jesus. So let me just, this is an impossible prayer without Jesus. Theologically, heaven cannot come to earth without Jesus. Let me explain. Something horrible happened way back in the garden. God brought his world where? Here. God brought all of heaven and all of the goodness of heaven to our planet when he created it. And everything was perfect. Everything was good. So all of heaven and all the goodness of heaven and all the love of heaven and all the grace and everything that heaven was was here. God was, his presence was here. He was here. He walked in the garden with Adam and Eve. Everything was perfect. It was right. It was good. All of the best of heaven was here. Unhindered relationship with God, a beautiful world to live in, people to do life with. Everything that we needed in perfection was here. But we forfeited that. We forfeited our role as God's intercessors and co-managers of his creation for our own desires. That's basically what we did. We destroyed the best of heaven. But here's the good news. Jesus restored it on the cross. So follow me. On the cross, it now becomes possible for the best of heaven to be here on earth again because of the cross. Because of the cross and the resurrection, what do we now have? Unhindered relationship with God, right? 
There's nothing in the way anymore. We have a beautiful world to still live in and we have people to do life with, don't we? Those things are now still possible and understood through God's eyes and through God's perspective and they were not understood before Christ. In fact, they weren't even possible before Christ. Jesus restores creation back to its original intent through the cross and the resurrection because the most important part of being here is relationship with God. So we can do life together in the way God intended for us to when we live in the spirit, not in our flesh. Now we also know that because of where we're at, evil still exists on our planet, but Jesus is greater. We'll get to that in a minute. This intercessory prayer that we're talking about is praying that God's kingdom would be here, that his will would be done here in our lives and in our situations. So we can actually begin to pray that way. And we have the authority to pray that way. We have the ability to pray that way. See, we are called to pray the best of heaven when we pray for others to be healed and to be saved and to be healthy in every way. Intercessory prayer is the spiritual commitment to restore creation on the planet. That's what it is. Intercessory prayer is saying, Lord, I want your kingdom and everything in your kingdom to be in this person's life and in this situation and in this nation. That's what I'm praying, Lord, because that's what it needs. Because everywhere on this planet, we need the creative power of God to restore what the enemy has taken from mankind. And intercessory prayer puts us and makes us the conduit of God moving on the planet. So we need to ask for heaven's resources to be poured out in every people group on earth. <coughs> we need to pray for heaven's best to find its way into every evil place. <coughs> Thank you, Carl. <coughs> Anybody else like me? This cough's going around. So we need to contend for heaven's best. Heaven's best to save, to heal, and restore. And heaven's best for people to say yes to Jesus. We need to pray, Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, let me close with this phrase and this thought and this idea. Notice that Jesus didn't say, pray your kingdom. Sorry. Ah. That we're praying for our own kingdom or our own will. This is kind of a dangerous prayer. Because you're saying, I, I want Jesus' will to be done in my life, not my own. 
That's challenging. But it's where God wants us to be. That's intercessory prayer. Third, intercession is praying in Jesus' name. Because of the cross and the resurrection, when you and I said yes to Jesus, there was something very powerful that happened. And Jesus talks about it in John chapter 16. In John chapter 16, verse 23 and 24, he says this to his disciples. In that day, and what's interesting, let me back up just a minute. In that day, that phrase refers to what Jesus had been previously talking about. And what Jesus had previously been talking about is that the Holy Spirit would be poured out on us after his death and his resurrection. So in that day, when you and I are living in the Spirit, there would be a different way that we would pray. Okay? That's what he's saying. So in that day, which refers to you and me, in that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Now, a couple things here. When Jesus was hanging out with the disciples, one of the things that often took place, and we see it throughout the New Testament, is they asked him a lot of questions. Now, I don't know about you, but if I got to hang out with Jesus, guess what I'd be doing? Asking a lot of questions, right? I'd be asking tons of questions, right? So what Jesus is saying is there's going to be a day you're no longer going to ask me a question because I'm leaving. But guess what? Because the Holy Spirit will come into your life, you'll, get, you'll still get to ask me questions. And you'll get to ask those questions in my name. You'll get to ask for things in my name. And even more importantly, what I want you to know, you will have direct access to the Father in my name. You'll be able to ask for anything in my name. Because when I make you clean because of the cross and the resurrection, you will have perfect communion with God again. Unhindered relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ. So in my name, you will be able to ask me any question. And remember, Jesus said in John chapter 16 as well, the Holy Spirit will teach you whatever you need to be taught about me. So when Jesus is saying you can ask me for anything, he's not referring to a new BMW. He's referring to the questions about life that we have, that the disciples were all asking. Because the disciples weren't asking for monetary things. They weren't like, Jesus, I need a new plow. I need a new horse. I want a bigger house. Can I have a pile of gold? Those weren't their questions. They were asking questions about life. Life was so much more about stuff hanging out with Jesus. And so most commentators agree that the word ask here is talking about just the daily occurrences of the disciples asking Jesus questions. And, and that when Jesus left, they might get 
into a place where they're like, oh, maybe I can't ask God questions anymore. But, they, but Jesus was reassuring them, you still will be able to ask your questions through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, after the resurrection, Jesus says everything would change because Jesus would have all the authority. Because Jesus would have all the authority, he told his disciples to pray to the Father in his name. Because in his name is power. His name is authority. His name brings heaven to earth. This is why we pray in his name. This is why we end our prayers sometimes in Jesus' name, right? But sometimes we we use it too flippantly. And we don't understand how powerful that is. How powerful of a statement we just made. That we're actually praying in the name of Jesus. Now, Scripture tells us what? Jesus' name is the most powerful thing in the universe now. Jesus' name can do anything. The question is, do we pray that way? Do we pray as an intercessor in Jesus' name for the things that are happening on earth for our situations and other people's, do we pray in that way? I'm going to invite our worship team to come up and <clears throat> help me close our service this morning. I'm going to have us close a little bit differently this morning because I want us to understand how important this is, that what we're talking about. Remember, Jesus' work on the cross and the resurrection restores our relationship with God to what it was like in the garden. So in the garden, mankind could walk and talk with God. Just like like walking and talking with God. I I can't even imagine how cool that would be (laughs) to just get to do that. But can I just encourage you this morning that that's how God wants your relationship to be with him now because it can be. It is that way. Jesus is walking with you every single day. He's in you. The Holy Spirit's living in you. God lives in you. You are walking in perfect communion with him every single day. And that's why the Holy Spirit can bring something into your mind or into your heart immediately, and you can begin to pray for it at any time during the day. That's intercessory prayer because there's this perfect, unhindered union that we have with God. Therefore, when we pray in Jesus' name, we are praying in the name and authority of the one who restored us back to God's original plan. When something is happening in our lives that is out of God's order or out of his plan, we can pray in Jesus' name to restore it. When the demonic is attacking, We can pray in the authority of Jesus' name and the powers of darkness must leave. They have to. There's no option. They have to leave because they know Jesus is more powerful than anything. One of the things I love in scripture and is something that we just need to get a hold of. Have you noticed in the gospels that every single time Jesus comes near a demonic presence, Where does the demonic presence end up? At his feet. 
He doesn't even call them out. They know who he is and they know his authority and they immediately bow to him. But sometimes we get insecure in our Christianity, insecure in our faith, and we don't understand that we can, in an intercessory prayer way, stand in the power of Jesus' name. And everything must bow to Jesus' name. This is why we pray in his name. To pray in Jesus' name means to pray in recovered authority. That the authority that we have as mankind has now been brought back to us. It's been recovered through the cross and the resurrection, and we are now in right standing with God. Jesus won back the authority we were meant to carry, but lost in the garden. It's ours again, and we get to stand in it and walk in it and pray in it. To pray in Jesus' name means we pray with new authority that is ours as a son or daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So let me ask you a question. Do you pray that way? Do you pray that way? Because you can. That's intercessory prayer. I want to encourage us to begin to pray this way. And I want to even take us through an opportunity to do that this morning. So we're going to sing a song really quick called I Speak Jesus. It's a great song about allowing the authority of Jesus' name to be over everything in our lives. And so I'd like us to pray this or sing it. And then when we get done singing this song, I want to take us through a short prayer exercise to help us understand what it means to just let Jesus have everything in our life. So could we stand and let's sing and then we're going to pray in just a minute. But let me let me pray as we just go into a time right now of just letting the Holy Spirit come into this moment. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we just invite you here right now. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to move right now in our midst. Over the next couple minutes, while we give you this time, would you move? Would heaven come to earth? Would the authority and the power of the name of Jesus fall upon us and be resident in all of our situations in whatever we pray for this morning? In Jesus' name.
And the two things are releasing and asking. So I'd like us to just take a minute and do that individually, but also corporately. We release things because we're praying, Lord, your will be done. We're not praying for our will to be done. So I don't know about you, but the first thing that sometimes needs to happen is I need to release my will to Jesus. And I need to submit it to him. I need to surrender it to him. And I need to give him what I'm holding on to, what I want to control. The second part is asking. Now, we get to ask, why? Because it's his kingdom, and his kingdom has come. It's come. It's here. It's in you. And we want it to be here on earth as it is in heaven. So once you've released control to God, and you've surrendered to him, and you lay things at his feet, his kingdom can now come in and through you. Don't forget that primarily the way that Jesus' kingdom comes on earth is through you. It's through you. The people you are influencing, the people you hang out with, the people you are around. Jesus is going to use you to bring the kingdom here, to bring heaven to earth. And so I want us to do something because sometimes it's very helpful to put some, some physical response into that way as well. So would you just do me a favor and just hold your hands out, palms up like this and close your eyes. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about something in your life. Picture a part of your life that you've been holding tightly to. And you're trying to force your own will in it. You're trying to control it. Just think about that for a minute. because it needs to get surrendered to Jesus. You need to stop controlling it because as long as you control it, it'll be your kingdom, not his. And we want his kingdom to come and his will to be done. And then when you're ready, and we'll just take a minute here, when you're ready, I want you to flip your palms over. And what that's symbolizing is, Lord, I'm laying that at your feet now. I'm not going to control it anymore. I give it to you. And I'm going to let your kingdom come and your will be done. I'm going to surrender it to you and the circumstances and the people and the injustice and all of this. It's at your feet. So whenever you're ready,
whatever needs to be done in the situation. We know that the resources of heaven can answer it. We also acknowledge that we want to be part of the solution. Part of the solution in the name of Jesus to bring healing, to bring wholeness, to bring salvation. We pray that we would be used as well, Lord. So now as you are just thinking about surrendering that to Jesus, I want you to flip your palms back up. And with your palms back up, now what you're saying is, Holy Spirit, fill me afresh. Fill me afresh with your kingdom, with the power of your name, with the fruit of the Spirit, with the gifts of the Spirit, with every good thing from heaven. Fill me with that, Lord. That I might be a representation of Jesus Christ in this lost and hurting world. to be people that are holding on to our things and controlling the world and controlling ourselves and our own situations. We want to be people that are fully surrendered to you, that are walking in your strength and in your power because we want your kingdom and your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Would you help us to be people that do that every single day, Lord? help us to find ourselves in your presence every day? Would you help us to be listening to you all throughout the day and when you drop something into our, into our spirit that we just immediately start praying for it? That we become intercessors of your kingdom here on earth. And that we do the hard things, Lord, because we're healed that we serve as a big God, that the things that you just surrendered to him, 
that you're no longer having control over, that you might see something miraculous happen this week. So get ready for a miracle. Get ready for the Holy Spirit to do something big because of your decision today. And get ready for God to use you in new ways in his name because of what you've decided to do this day. Thanks for being in church today. I hope you had a good time. And always remember, Jesus loves you very much. So do Kate and I. And if you'd like to pray this morning, you got something to pray about, our prayer partners will be up front.